Oh my gosh, how shocking was you, that? I would, you would have a heart attack. There would have to be a second funeral that week. Well, hello everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbshit. And you're listening to Crash on, on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch, we talk about how a dog could probably govern us better than our current government. We go through the top 10 most valuable treasures in the world. Mm-hmm. And we talk about the weekly idiot who may or may not be dead. We're not really sure who's dead in this situation, but we're going to talk about all of it. <laughs> this weekend, we'll hold on Crash on My Couch. This episode of Crash on My Couch is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off your mattress when you go to casper.com slash crash and enter promo code crash. Well, once again, you can go to casper.com slash crash and enter the code crash to save $50 on a mattress. Uh, cool. Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to Crash on My Couch. I'm Martin Rose. And I'm Will Derbyshire. And this is Crash on My Couch. I'm telling you, you can just sit forward. Oh, sorry. Here. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, listeners. I'm going to scoop my chair a little bit forward because so <laughs> I was like, I was like trying to do this with my hands. I don't know what that means. He did like a the come here motion with his hand. I would have felt like that would have been enough. Yeah, but, but you did it kind of like like a minimalist version of it, which just looked like kind of shoving in your direction. But otherwise, you're going to sound like... Garbly goop. You're in another room. You'd be like... Hey, uh, hey, what hey, up? Hey, hey, I'm, hey, I'm participating. <laughs> hey. Hey, don't forget about me. Hey. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Well, this morning, we're going to spend a little bit of time with you guys talking about some stuff that is pertinent to our lives, like a dog getting elected mayor. Am I right? <laughs> you are right. Yeah. And we're revisiting some treasure hunting stuff because Squill I Am was like, what up? I want to do treasure hunting stuff. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some treasure. And uh, it's going to be altogether a fun time. This past week, I've still been on shoot. That's what I've been up to. Sort of boring. We had 4th of July last week. Uh, 4th of July episode was soups fun to make. Soups, soups, soups. And then we just hung out by a pool and drank some Coronas, like the faux American that Will is and the real one that I am. And it was a fun time. <laughs> Anything you'd like to add from what you were up to this week, babe? No. No. I have... That's helpful. <laughs> been... I've been in bits and bobs. I've been trying to write a little bit here and there. Yeah. Not much to say at <laughs> this current time. You're going to tell them about your obsession with Mario Kart as of late? Been dabbling a little bit in Mario Wouldn't say it's an obsession. Would say definitely say it's, it's an obsession because every time I come home from set, I can hear the sound of like the items. The out in the hallway. I never play it in the day. It's only when like at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, she's coming back. I can just unwind. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what is stressing you out during the day? Oh man, long day. Time to play Mario Kart. Everything. I'm I'm always stressed. <laughs> You have a constant level of stress that can only be remedied by Mario Kart. Yes. Okay. Well, either way, Will is obsessed with Mario Kart, and he's also obsessed with what is his version of, like, a cure to a rare disease, but finding the perfect setup for his cart. Like, it's, like, the one thing that he can't seem to 
to completely yeah, get. It's like, like, it's like Everest. Like, yeah, it's like I come home and it's like a mad scientist trying all these different <laughs> combinations. And they I'm never... Like, Damn it. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Gold Mario, you failed me. And that's literally like the conversation we have every single time I come home. And also the loading screen, if you guys play online, you know this, but it doesn't give you enough time to choose any of your stats. So Will's just frantically cursing under his breath and trying to get his like <laughs> new cart done in time while he's playing. I notice all of this, just so you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's what Will's been up to this past week. Yeah. Will also visited me on set last week, which is fun. It was fun. That was pretty cute. It was great. Yeah, we were doing, uh, I don't want to give away too much for the second slash third slash fourth seasons that we've been shooting, but uh, there was a really cool festival involved in the show, and Will got to see all of that. It's been a fun set to work on. Very, very cool. Yeah, did you enjoy coming on set? I did. It was great. Very (laughs) eye-opening. Yeah, it was really cool, and everyone's so nice, and yeah, it looks awesome. I can't wait to see, like, the final product. I know. We've got a good bunch working on it, which is good. We've got some really talented people on the set. Arden's pointing to herself. If you didn't. She's pointing to herself. So yeah, you. <laughs> You're that person. Oh, well, you shouldn't have. Aw, stop. Okay, let's talk about a successful uh, politician that I want to actually run the country. Okay. In uh, our next segment, and first segment. Animals are badasses. So, I've heard about this before. This is, like, a phenomenon that I super-duper enjoy, but I just want to, like, bring attention to it because it's, like, my favorite thing in the entire world and mostly in the U.S. Um, Animals get elected for political positions more often than you would think, but, like, 90% of the time, it's a dog. Tell me more. Yeah. So, a dog was elected mayor of a Kentucky town for a fourth term, and this is on AOL.news. Wow, AOL. I have not been on AOL in a hot minute. Um, no, I didn't even know AOL still, still existed. existed. I was waiting was for the dial-up ha- noise. The dial-up email noise, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure everyone's really enjoying this. Yeah. While they're like, driving in their car. <laughs> but anyways, so I, like I said, I've heard about this before, but in this Kentucky town, this is the fourth time that a three-year-old pit bull has won the title of mayor. And <laughs> the pit bull's name is Brineth Paltrow. No. Brenneth Paltrow. No. <laughs> yeah. Brenneth Paltrow. Brenneth Paltrow. So he's the mayor? He's the mayor. Of what? What town? Of Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Holy <sighs> shit. I mean, like, I can feel the homophobia from here, but I really want to live in that town. It sounds... <laughs> Dude, they can't be homophobic if they have a dog for a mayor. That's true. Like, That's very they true. They're open to everything. There's probably, like, alligators... <gasps> Mowing their lawn. Wow. Yeah, this is probably the new Portland. I'm sorry, I retract my statement. This is probably like the new Portland. Everyone's like so open and doesn't care, and like the dogs and cats don't even have genders. Yeah, you like roll into town, like you're now entering. What was the name of the place? Rabbit Hash. (laughs) Rabbit Hash. You're now entering Rabbit Hash. You just like coast up in, the mayor's there, the dog takes (laughs) off his hat. Welcome. Welcome to Rabbit Hash. Um, Zootopia like animals doing things. (laughs) My favorite part about this is the reason why he keeps getting reelected every year is because the town is so small that it actually doesn't need a mayor to function. And the money from the election usually goes to town improvements. Like this year, it will go to rebuilding the general store that was damaged in a fire. And it shows you how small the town is because they specified the general store. That's the only, just the general right. store. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there is one general store. Yeah. Uh, and so 
they use all the money because you pay a certain amount of money to vote for the mayor every year. Sure. Because it's like a charity auction, basically. And then they use the money to, like, help build up the town. Mm. So this is basically, like, uh, an example of what our taxes should be doing, obviously. Yeah. Electing I- dogs and building up general stores again. So does he, like, sit in an office? Like, what? Oh, I hope what so. What does he do? Does he sit in an office? Mm. I feel like he's signing just... Bills and documents constantly. I, I really, really... He calls people into his office and he just, he just barks at them. <laughs> he just barks at them. So like a regular politician. And he's in a tuxedo. Oh, and he's in a tuxedo. And he's walking on his hind legs. So, oh, so this is Zootopia now. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Of course. But I want his signature... And he's really cocky. Wait, wait, question though. Can his signature either be his tongue licking the page or... His paw print. This is paw print. In an inkwell. This is paw, paw print in an inkwell. But I think someone has to come up behind him like, like he's, an, he's like a strong, independent animal in any other situation. But someone has to come up behind him and like put his paw into ink and then put it on paper. Yeah. How cute would that be? And he's got a cigar in his mouth while he's doing it. Wow. I just think in Bulldog might be a little bit rough around the edges. You know it's what I mean? Pitbull. Could but- be a corrupted mayor. I don't think so. Where are you trying to take this? I'm trying to take it somewhere. Oh, you're trying to make it like a corrupt underground. <laughs> well, he did beat, let's see here, he beat several other animals to get to the top. You know he fucked them up in <gasps> order to get to the top. Oh, she did. Brynneth did. <gasps> she. Brynneth did. It's a girl. Wow. She. It still stands. Well, Brynneth beat a cat, the chicken, a donkey, and a little boy. Beat the shit yeah, out of that little boy. Mutilated that little boy. She mutilated, mutilated that little boy. Yeah, beat the shit out of him. So then there's that. <laughs> and they started this in the 1990s as a fundraiser, and now everyone just treats the dog as mayor. So they see him around town. They give him pets and treats. That is so cute. <laughs> that is I love so it. cute. Like, oh, the mayor's in town. Ooh, hello, Mayor Brineth. <laughs> Ooh, look how beautiful you are, Brineth. <laughs> Brynneth Paltrow. Now, like, with the accent, I imagine, like, Brynneth to be, like, in, like, a southern belle dress. <gasps> she's in, like, yes, she's in one of those, like, three-tiered, like, cupcake <laughs> yeah, dresses. With, 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 with a parasol. parasol a lacy oh, parasol. She's got little gloves on. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. I she's love like, it. what can I get you? She's oh, just doing everything. I just realized it's supposed to be Brynneth Paltrow. Like, paws. Paltrow. That uh, could have been a better name. Brynneth Paltrow. Yeah, I mean, but let's look up... I'm going to look up celebrity dog pun names. <laughs> celebrity dog pun names. <laughs> like Brenneth Paltrow. We've got 99 funny dog names from pop culture. Let's see. Oh, a fleece... A, f- a fleas... Fleas. I'm sorry. A fleas. No, none of these Anderson Pooper... Bark Obama. Bark Wahlberg. What? They can't just make everything bark. Billy Howliday. Brad Sit. No, that that doesn't that doesn't even work, that one. Diggy Azalea. What? JK Growling. No, that okay, that might be okay. Like I would call it Dog JK. James Earl Bones. No, they can't. They can't just like change the world by putting in bone or bark. Like they've got to be more creative. Than... Jim Barkson. I mean, that, I guess that kind of works. Cause... Julio de Glacius, 
LL Drool J? Frankly, the mayor should be called Julio. <gasps> Maria Sharuffova. Oh my God, imagine. The mayor's like in a little tennis costume. It always has a tennis racket by its like I love body. it. I love it. And it's like, oh, fancy game, but it never plays a game with you. You just wish it does. I love it. Wow, this one's the best one. Snarls Barkley. Snarls Barkley. Instead of Charles Barkley? Isn't it Charles Barkley? Or Gnarls Barkley. So wait, Gnarls still works though. Gnarls Barkley. I remember when. <laughs> no, but then Gnarls Barkley still works as a dog's name. Because <laughs> like Gnarl, like it still works. That's true. As Maybe a dog's Gnarls name. Barkley <gasps> is secretly a bulldog. A bulldog that stands on his two legs and has taken over the music industry. He's the mayor's brother, long Whoa. lost brother, and he dresses up as Nas Barkley in the studio, but it's not Nas Barkley. Whoa. I haven't seen him in a really long time, and it must be really hard to like be a dog all the time. It's like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <gasps> like when he's melting, he like turns into a tune, he turns oh into god. a dog this time. Oh my god, that part kind of escaped me. By the way, on that movie, I, we just watched. Um, is it? Who Framed, Roger, Who Framed Rabbit? Roger Rabbit? I watched it for the first time. Very sexual kids movie. Felt like. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I was reading about like a sequel because I was like, why haven't they made a sequel to this movie? And apparently it's because uh, the style of it doesn't fit with Disney's um, style now. Yeah, it's so inappropriate so compared to something Disney. Yeah. I'm surprised that they could make it in the first place. Like Disney was like, we're in the 90s or what? when was it, 80s? I think it was the 90s. 90s. They're like, we're in the 90s. We're cool. We're hip. We're forward thinking. Let's like pair up with the Looney Tunes. What are the Looney Tunes doing now? You know? Disney's still You don't it. hear about the Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes. Do I'm going to say it. The Looney Tunes are old news. So of course Disney's not going to do something with them. You know? It's old news. No, it's because the, it's because Jessica Rabbit is like really sexy and like... They made like a an ejaculation joke towards her. Yeah, I, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know how they got away with it then, but apparently I was reading that they have a script for it, and it's amazing, the oh, second script. that sucks. And it, it follows on um, with the tunes after what happened, and uh, apparently it's, like, amazing, but it doesn't, it just doesn't work mm. with Frozen. Their current, yeah, with Frozen, that's been pretty much it. <laughs> All right, should we move on to our next segment? I just realized we've been talking about dog mares for probably quite a long time. Yes. Before we go on to the next segment... I just want to take some time to talk about our sponsor, Casper. So I had heard about Casper.com before and Casper Mattresses before because I listen to a lot of podcasts. So like, bim bam, my brother, my brother and me, you know I love their podcasts yeah. more than anything. They talk about Casper quite a bit. So when Casper was like, yo, 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 we'll send you a mattress and it'll be so cool. And also like have fun with it because it's so nice to like roll around in and be comfy. Um, yeah, they weren't lying. It is like the most comfy, soft, plush foam mattress that I have ever felt. It like sinks down. It's supposed to help you regulate your temperature during the night so you don't get nice. too hot, too cold. Like on a traditional mattress, a lot of times you'll get in a spot and you get the hot side of the pillow and you're like, what is this? I'm not about this. So you get to regulate your temperature through the night, which is nice. And honestly, it is like I want to recommend it to my friends and family so that everyone can get real comfy for a reasonable price. Because, you know, you get those, like, other foam, memory foam kind of mattresses that are just, like, crazy expensive. I remember that from my childhood. So when I heard about Casper selling foam mattresses, I was like, 
that must be insanely expensive. Right. But, like, they're, A, reasonable, but also there's always a promo code, including ours, which, as we've said before, is CRASH. Our promo code is CRASH. So you can get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash CRASH and entering the promo code CRASH. For those who are interested, you can buy easily online and completely risk-free. Casper also offers free delivery and painless returns with a 100-day period. Wow, a 100 days, people. And they're made in the USA, the good old US of A. So, like, uh, buy a Casper mattress, support the USA. And there are free shipping returns to the US and Canada, which is pretty cool. You can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash crash and entering the promo code CRASH. So that's casper.com slash crash and the promo code CRASH. And of course, as always, terms and conditions apply. Um, well, do we want to talk about a little bit of uh, delving deep to try to find a special something? Yeah. We were delving high, and now we're going to dig deep into our next segment. Yar! Let's, let's go, go on, on a, a treasure hunt! hunt. <laughs> yes, queen! Okay, so, um, I know you guys have been captivated by my, uh, quest to find some lost treasure Mm -hmm. we were spoken about the fen treasure previously which was a very cool treasure and we're still hearing about that from you guys yeah and i still still would like to um make that a reality i want to be that person that finds that what if we all do it together though and then we all split it that would be really cool we should all do it on the podcast together one day um so uh this got me thinking, because so the Fen treasure was probably worth like $2 million, right? Whoa. So that got me thinking about other treasure, which is more expensive than that. Other lost treasure, which is worth like, you know, $100 million, $200 million, $2 billion. There's a treasure that's worth $2 billion? Harden, there's a treasure which is worth... Oh, no. Oh, no. $10 billion. What? There are, There is like supposedly scattered treasure everywhere which can have a net worth of up to 10 billion dollars so i thought i'd go through some of the top 10 lost treasures of the world wait so overall they're saying that there could be up to 10 billion dollars lost the 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 10 billion dollar treasure is one specific and it's the secret city of piti and it's apparently in brazil this is lost city from 1572 Apparently, if you find the uh, ruins or the treasures of it, it's $10 billion. So. Do you think it's because the city's made of gold or something? Yeah, I think... Could you explain um, how this is $10 billion? Now I'm really interested, and I feel like you're leaving me hanging on this. Okay, so <laughs> I think that the secret city of PAT is because it's to do with El Dorado. You know, El Dorado. Oh, so we're going into El Dorado territory. We're always going to El Dorado territory. Oh, Island. this is where we're going. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, that is one of the lost treasures of the world, and it's worth, you guessed it, $10 billion. Quite a bit of money. How, wait, how do we know that El Dorado ever existed? Was that, like, something historic that we actually know? Yeah, but, you know, there's, like, there's always, like... Questions. Questions. Because you know, like, part of me feels like a lot of the things, like Atlantis. I, When I was younger, I can't even tell you, babe, I was so obsessed with the, the idea of Atlantis. No, so was I, but apparently it's not real. Like. See? See? M- 
my childhood was ruined nice. because I grew up a little bit and then I was like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we could find those people that are like underwater, like living in this giant civilization? Like, that'd be so cool. And someone was like, well, that doesn't exist, but maybe there's like ruins of something like that. Yeah. And then I was talking to someone else, like a little bit older. I'm like in middle school at this point, And I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to find the ruins of the city of Atlantis? And like, oh, <laughs> it's a yeah. normal conversation. <laughs> wouldn't it be dope? Wouldn't it be so cool? Like- AKA reasons why I didn't have friends in high school. And then... Moving on from there, and they're like, no, there aren't even ruins. That was also something that was literally made for a Disney movie. Move on. Crying. Sad crying. No, it wasn't made for a Disney movie. I believe it was a... Um, Is it a folk's tale? Yeah, it was like kind of a parable or like a tale of some some sorts. And then it was... Was it Plato who came up with it? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Babe, you're a genius. How did you know that? You're such a smarty. I literally looked it up, and as you're like, I think it was Plato. I like looked over at Google, and it was like, is a fictional Atlantis is a fictional island mentioned within an allegory on the hubris of nations in Plato's work, Timaeus and Critias. I can't read. There you go. Where it represents the antagonist naval power that besieges ancient Athens. Whoa! So people. Okay, so originally it was like a, a a myth legend. Legend. Yeah, and I think, but I think it's more so like a story which is meant to have a point to it. Mm. Like it's, it's not, I'm not sure what the. It's supposed to be like an antagonist, so it's supposed to be like, I think it's um, maybe like revolutionary ideas and power of uh, yeah. like industrialization coming in and destroying like a beautiful natural habitat. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. So, I'm still heartbroken, but can we talk about $10 million in terms? Yes. So if Atlantis, I guess, was on there, I'm sure that'd be worth a hell of a lot of money. Just for like, but sometimes I think like that $10 billion treasure for El Dorado, obviously, obvi, but part of it is so wealthy because it's such a mystery. Like, even if you just found a fucking wooden spoon in the middle of Brazil, but it had, like, from El Dorado written on the back, it would be, like, worth a billion dollars. Well, we said anything about it. Like, what was what did I say to you the other day when we were talking about, like, we didn't keep, start keeping records until... Oh, what was it? It was something like, we didn't start keeping records until, uh, like, something like... Was it 6,000 years ago? No, it must have been more than that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back up. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy I'm, time. I'm, I am a dummy. Uh, it was a long time ago. I don't know when. So I, I just, I read this thing a couple of days ago, and um, if this is wrong, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, I think it was like a couple hundred years ago, or it might have been a thousand years ago. I think it was 2,000 years ago. We started keeping records of things. Of human history. Of human history. And I was reading this comment about how they were saying that, like, so 98% of, like, human evolution, like, all those millions of years, hundreds of thousands of years humans have been around, we don't know what the fuck happened. Because we have no history of it. We have no history of it. There's no record of it. 98%, apparently. I mean, this guy could be talking crap, but, like... It makes you think that there's got to be a huge chunk of history we have no idea about. And a lot of treasure hiding out because so we don't know where it is. All of these treasures, I guess, reiterate history. Mm-hmm. Like a huge find for someone. Yeah, not just in a monetary sense, but in a historical sense and like integrity for the human race. Also, moon treasure, though. Yes. 
So, like, if we don't have human history or, like, record of human history from, like, hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, we've already discussed this, but I just want to, like, open this up on the podcast. We, we went away from Earth and then came back, didn't we? It could have happened. I think that we advanced. We became, like, a space-age civilization. Okay, this isn't conspiracy I'm camp. sorry. Okay, wait, wait. I'll hold on to it. I'll hold on to it. Can we do a conspiracy camp that we come up with next time? Yes. Okay, save save this for next week, but we have a really good conspiracy camp for Okay. You. So, All I'm right. going to run through these these treasures real quick. Yeah, sorry. We went on a tangent. Big okay. time. <laughs> so, King John's treasure. So, uh, King John was particularly fond of collecting jewelry and gold plate for himself and coinage for his guards, soldiers, and court followers. Oh. In 1216, King John traveled to Bishop's Lynn in Norfolk, where he arrived on the, nor- on the 9th of October. The area is aptly named the Wash, as it was once a huge expanse of marshes and dangerous mudflats. Oh, this makes me feel like it's going to go well. Basically, the king fell ill with dysentery and decided to return to New York Castle. He took the slower and safer route around the wash. However, soldiers and carts full of his personal possessions, including the crown jewels he had inherited from his grandmother, um, took the shorter route through the marshes and were lost. Well, that's dumb. So that's apparently $70 million. Oh my god, and it's just in a marsh in northern England? Supposedly, yeah. What are we doing here? So, um... Don't you want to find that? I mean, yeah... I want to go, then. Some of the other ones, and I'll, I'll try and find the ones which are worth worth the highest amount. I, I'm like, can, can you go on a treasure hunt in a marsh, though? Because I've seen Lady in Black, Woman in Black, and I don't want to be in a marsh anytime soon. So, another big one, of course, so there's, there's one called the San Miguel and the Lost 1715 Treasure Fleet. Oh, gosh. So, there's this like, kind of Spanish boat. That sunk, and that's worth two billion dollars. And that has jewels, gold goblets, silver plates, coins, all that stuff. Ooh, I like that situation. And then on the top two treasures, of course, this is like kind of the obvious one, but the treasure of the Knights of the Templar that is meant to be like many, many, many billions. That's is that real though? There are rumors of it being real. Apparently, inside it would have like. They'd have weapons, documents, trophies, artifacts, uh, ingots, jewels, jewelry, silver plates, land deeds. All this stuff is apparently in the in that treasure. But like, how does that go missing and not just raided? I know that's the thing. It's like at that point, it's like, does it exist? You know, how can it exist? I like the ones like Finn's treasure where it's like, yeah, this is the thing that was buried 30 years ago, and here you go. Go find it. So this takes me over to my last point, and this mm. is something you're going to love. Because this is something you've actually spoken about privately beforehand. Because, guys, if you didn't already know, me and Anne talk about treasure a lot. We're treasure people. <laughs> we are treasure folk. <laughs> um, so this one's called the Oak Island Money Pit. Uh, and it's Money probably pit. the most excavated site that still failed to deliver the treasure. Ooh. So Oak Island is a pro- and by the way, this is on the British Explorer website, BritishExplorer.com. Oak <laughs> Island, because I'm a British explorer. Uh, Oak Island is approximately 140 acres inside and is just located off the coast of Nova Scotia. Ooh. It is one of the many small islands in the area and is now linked to the mainland via a narrow causeway. So people go to this island to try and dig up this fucking treasure. And people haven't had any luck. There's, like, 
a, a National Geo or Discovery Channel documentary like on a weekly basis about these guys. They're basically battling with the like island's owners to come and like dig up whatever's on their island. So there's a whole battles and fallers because there's rights. Whoa, I didn't know about this. Yeah, so there's this whole thing. Have we talked about this before? Yeah, I think we have. The Basically, the story has been embellished and distorted over the years, but there are basic facts, which is in 1795... Daniel McGuinness and a friend noticed a circular depression as if a pit had been dug and then filled in again. So this was in 1795. Believing something of value may have been buried there, they dug to a depth of nine meters. Initially, they discovered a layer of flagstone followed by traces of pickaxes on the rocks. Some stories say they found platforms of logs approximately every three meters. So every three meters down, there wasn't a bunch of logs. They, we did talk about this. This is so fascinating. They oh. failed to find anything of value, but the story spread, and it was quickly linked to the missing treasure of Captain Kidd, a notorious Blackbeard. Blackbeard the pirate bro. <gasps> Over the following centuries, the pit has been excavated many times, and prospectors have included even the American president, Franklin D. Roosevelt. No! It has been an easy task. Oh, has, of course, has not been an easy task, and the pit is claimed to be booby-trapped and has regularly been flooded. The most tantalizing clue found so far was a code inscription on a flat stone which translated apparently stated 40 feet below 2 million pounds lie buried. Shut up! The deepest excavations reached 72 meters and over the the years at least 6 people have died trying to find where it's been buried. What the hell? What the hell? Apparently what happens is is they keep digging down but it gets filled up. So they can't get anywhere with it. What, they're like what do we stuck. do? They're like no, like these people are stuck in a loop. How do we because, make how do we make like an aggregation system so that we keep the water away from the island and we can drill it? I don't know. Because I'll fucking do it. I know. How much do you think it costs? I'll put my whole life savings in this. No, you don't understand. People spend like I spent their entire lives trying to get this treasure. Like, it's like impossible. It's because inside the hole, there are holes inside like <gasps> the ground. So the water's coming up from the bottom. Oh. It's coming up from the top. So you get down there and it just comes right up back. So you can't get down to it. But there are like levels to it. So people have dug down there. So there, there is supposedly something down levels, there. Levels, Jerry. Levels. Levels. You've seen that episode now. Yeah. Haven't you? Where yeah. Kramer has yep. his entire apartment yeah. leveled. How'd you like that, by the way? It was good. It's a good episode. Wow. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I'm blown away. I've heard about that before. I remember that being a big thing. Um, we talk, I think we discussed it. Did we discuss that, like, when we first started dating? I don't know, but... I feel like that was a conversation we had, like, on one of our first dates, where we were like, what if we wouldn't found buried treasure? Oh, here's a treasure. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's pretty nuts, and even crazier to think about. Apparently, inside the oak money pit, there are a number of theories about what could be inside it. Hmm. Um, a couple of the big ones, Blackbeard's treasure. Wow. Uh, the jewels of Marie Antoinette. Well... Spanish girl from a shipwreck, the treasure of the Knights Templar, treasure of the Freemasons. Okay. So everything that anyone's tried to find before. Basically what people have been like, well, we can't find this mysterious treasure. So the one place we can't get down to is going to be down. Yeah, literally. That's exactly what they're doing. Okay. Well, we got to move on because I got to leave soon. I got to get to set. Okay. Um, So we're going to move on to our next and final segment, which is... Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. Weekly. Idiot. It's 
is hilarious. It's like maybe maybe this guy isn't the weekly idiot, but whoever it was that well, you'll see, you'll see. Um, so this is from uh, CBC Radio. What up, California local? Uh, and the title of this is "California Man Turns Up Alive Eleven Days After His Funeral." So who's in his grave? <laughs> what? Yeah. So basically, for almost two weeks, Carol Michael thought her brother was dead and buried. No one suspected anything. We buried my brother. My dad buried his son. My family mourned. We had people come from all over. We wholeheartedly thought my brother was in heaven until 11 days later when we found out he was not. So basically, a homeless man was found dead behind a Verizon store in Fountain Valley, California. That's where this starts. For whatever reason, the Orange County Coroner's Office identified the deceased man as the brother, Frank M. Carey. They're like, yeah, that's him. Yeah. And, I mean, he's mentally ill and was living on the streets, so it could have been him. And so when the sister was called, she was, like, devastated and really thought he was dead because she kind of, not expected it, but was like, oh, it would make sense that that would be him. Okay. So she gathered up materials for a makeshift memorial. A framed photograph of her brother, a candle, flowers, rosary beads, and a card that read, Your family loves you, and drove to the spot where he supposedly died. She made a memorial where he supposedly died. Oh my god, that's so sad. Yep. And it was like a crime scene. There was like blood on the ground and like all this stuff. So she came and she really thought. They spent $20,000 on a funeral, had like all their family fly out, all this stuff. It was a full Catholic mass. And then on May 23rd, she picked up her phone and she found out that she had been inundated with a bunch of missed calls and it was all of her family members that were calling her saying oh thank god that he's not dead i'm so glad he's alive da, da, da. and she was like what is this cruel joke that you yeah, guys are yeah, all saying yeah. these things and her brother was alive he'd showed up earlier that day on the doorstep of his childhood friend bill shinker who had been a pallbearer at his funeral he had been at his funeral he had carried his casket to the grave and then he just shows up at his door Oh my gosh! How shocking! Was you, that I would, you would have a heart attack. There would have to be a second funeral that week. You'd like look through the window and run away. You'd be like, "I am not gonna have a demon haunt me." No, no. And you know what's weird? It's still unclear how the coroner's office misidentified the body. So it's not even like this guy is the weekly idiot. Frank is not the weekly weekly idiot. The coroner's office, like whoever was the head of identifying yeah, Frank a body, just disappeared for a couple of days. Frank yeah. was like, "Yo, I'm bouncing for like." Two weeks. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, and then... Also hilarious. Fucking In unreal. a really dark way. It's the darkest of comedies. It's like, we get at Bernie's, but Bernie's dead, and like everyone <laughs> buries him, and then he's actually alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the story. That's it. Um, and also, it's hilarious because Frank Kerrigan, elder, the older Frank Kerrigan... Uh, told the register he volunteered to ID the body when he first got the call, but he was assured that his son had been identified through fingerprints. Like, he was asking, like, okay, well, can I come see the body to make sure that it's my son? And they were like, no, sir, we know it is your son. We have his fingerprints. That's so irritating. I know. I'd be like, I don't know, who do you ask for your money back? Because that's a lot of money, 20000 dollars to spend on the funeral and go for all that they're suing i think they're gonna sue the county yeah because that's it's crazy you can't you can't do that (laughs) that you can't do that and then later on michael's like it's been nearly a month and they've done nothing since the story went viral you know what would have been even better 
as if he didn't turn up a couple of days later. He like turned up at the funeral. Like, he's like, "Hey guys, what's what going are we on? All, what are we all doing here?" Yeah, he's what's, like, "What's up?" He's dressed up for the occasion and has like, he's like eating popcorn. He's like singing, singing songs, and <laughs> nobody notices him. Yeah, just nobody. He's like, "Hey, him. can I can I grab one of those little bushes?" Well, the part that weirds me out too is like, did the family not see the body before they decided to bury it? Like, did they not have like an open casket or like do anything to see I his guess body? Not. I guess not. Maybe they didn't want to see it. That would be pretty traumatic. I mean, yeah. I don't think you actively want to see the body. No. But you know what's funny? They buried him next to um, the sister's mother. So, the mom. So, so they buried just they this buried, random They don't know who guy. he is. They have no idea who he is. They buried a random man next That's to That's the them. real mystery. Who he... Who's the man? Who's the unidentified man? Who's the man that just died and no one... <gasps> That's even worse. Where's his family? Yeah. Who they is he? They don't even know he's dead. Wow. That's a story. <laughs> well, more on this hopefully I next kinda, week. I kind of wish I could have like gone back in time and like just been filming like this, this family going for the funeral and then it turns out that he's alive. Like, Think about their reactions to that. Like, it's so what? ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But either way, that is about it for this week. I gotta head out. Okay. I hate to cut this a little bit short. It's fine. It's fine. You it's, gotta bounce. It's fine. We will be back next week, people, as mm-hmm. always. If you yeah. have any things you want to send us, please do. You can tweet us at uh, World Derbyshire and Arden Rose on Twitter. Yep. And... Yeah, we look forward to hearing your things. Yes, and we will see you guys next week. I'm stretching. Okay, bye guys. Bye. Crash on my couch would not be crash on my couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kakuchi, and our editor Jason Perrier, and for production assistance from Alan Ortega. Thank you guys.